Welcome to the Become Who You Are podcast, a production of the John Paul II Renewal Center. I'm Jack Rickett, your host. Hey, thanks for joining me today. St. Catherine of Siena said that if you become who you are, that you would literally set the world on fire. And St. Athanasius, an early church father and the doctor of the church, said the Son of God became man so that we might become God. You know, I take a wild guess at this, but I bet you most of us are a bit disconnected from this divine life that these saints are pointing us to. Yet St. John Paul II said there's an echo of the story of this divine life that we're created for inscribed in each human heart, in your human heart. And if you put on the proper lens, if I put on the proper lens, we can get in touch with this echo within us in such a way that we have that aha moment. See, that's the genius of John, St. John Paul II's theology of the body. It connects our lived experience of life to the gospel in such a way that our life takes on a whole new meaning and helps us answer those big questions that our whole culture is so confused about today. Who am I? What's my purpose? Why were we created male and female? How do I find happiness here on earth? How do I find love that satisfies forever? Hey, glad you're with me. I'll be right back for today's episode. Thanks for joining me. I've got an important story to share with you today. Just to kind of get it set it up a little bit before I bring my guests on today. I was up in Anchorage, Alaska not too long ago. I've told some stories about that, and I was uh, disheartened to hear that a small part of this Catholic community was under attack, not by the secular world or the state or the governing bodies, but an all too common attack by the shepherds of the church herself, especially the the uh, the Bishop of uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And I, I, as you listen to this story, I want you to keep this big framework in mind. It's so important. It's something I've mentioned uh, many times before, but this is a, an attack on the truth and on marriage and the family. You're seeing that all throughout the secular world, but you're also seeing it in the church. So, I, you know, I brought this up again with John Paul II uh, Institute in Rome being taken down. Why? It stood for truth, marriage, and the family. Oops, it's got to go. Traditional Latin mass, why? Why does that got to go? New green shoots. You know, if if uh, you hadn't been to the traditional Latin mass for a while, you might think, these are just old people left over from the 1960s. Uh, nope. Nope, you'd be wrong. They're all full of young people, young families who are drawn there by what? The true, the good, and the beautiful. You know, when they when I talk to them about the sacraments of and, and, and especially the mass, the, the beauty of the Latin mass, they said it's the beauty that draws us. You know, the art, the music, the liturgy, the smells uh, of the incense, the, the bells. All our senses taken in and our hearts open up, you know, on that communion rail, Jack, you know, it's heaven and earth are kissing right there and it just brings our hearts up and, the, and the, usually the homilies are so solid. This is what we want our family to partake in, you know, so beautiful. Well, what, 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 what do we see with that? What does the church see? You know, hope oh, that's got to stop, right? Those are the young people in the future. Boom want to be taken out. But you know what? The USCCB just had a chance to uphold their teaching on the Eucharist. They just had their their uh, annual or biannual conference. And you know what? They didn't do anything. You know, they uh, they uh, they didn't, you know, they were, we thought maybe, 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 you know, they'd make an announcement that, that pro-abort uh, Catholics, people that, that publicly proclaim that they don't believe in the doctrine or the dogmas and the teachings of the church and then go up and to receive the Eucharist. It's just sacrilege, you know, but they didn't say anything. Nope. Open arms to them. Oh, hey, come on in, right? So, you know, one of the bishops that opens his arms to welcome these pro-abort uh, Catholics and even uh, was part of a letter to them that say we don't want to weaponize the Eucharist was uh, Bishop, Archbishop Belisario in Anchorage, Alaska. But yet, 
yet listen to this. He's not going to weaponize it against pro-board Catholics, so-called Catholics, but he's going to weaponize this against this little community called Holy Rosary Academy. And he also removed the status of this uh, little academy as a Catholic institution in addition to halting the sacraments there. So I want to tell that story. I want to keep it in mind, and and I'll just ask you a couple things that you distribute this uh, podcast out. I really would like us to reach out to them. Uh, This is a small community, hardworking community. They sacrifice so much to bring this academy in, and, and you're going to hear about this uh, now. And also financially support them if you can. The information will be at the end of this podcast and in the podcast notes. Well, I was in uh, Anchorage, Alaska last year on a mission trip and met some incredible people, including families that sent their children to Holy Rosary Academy uh, because of the faithful classic curriculum and also because they were rated the top private high school in Alaska. So I was disheartened, to say the least, to hear that the bishop for Juno Anchorage made the decision to remove the status of Holy Rosary as a Catholic institution and halted the celebration of the sacraments there. So I checked with with a couple of families I knew in the Anchorage area. Uh, They confirmed this to me. So so I asked... um, I asked Sam Wolf to come on. He's the chairman of the board of trustees and also Mark Newcomb, who's the headmaster at the school there. So I'm excited to have them there. And let, let me just further go on to say, um, for those that you're listening to the Become Who You Are podcast, you know that I just recently wrote about and recorded a podcast on the attack on the John Paul II uh, Institute for Marriage and the Family, some of the things that are happening with the traditional Latin mass, the support for pro-life politicians that are receiving the Eucharist. So again, I'm disheartened when I hear uh, any type of um, anything going on with with, with schools, with education, with our sacraments, with our churches. And so thank you so much, Mr. Uh, uh, Newcomb and uh, Mr. Wolf for being on the show today. Hello. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on. Likewise. Thank you. I'm I'm really, uh, I should say I'm excited to talk to you. I am. Um, but also a little disheartened. Um, I hear that all the good work that you're doing up there. So if you could tell us just a little bit about how the school got started and then, uh, and also, uh, how did you end up where you got somehow in the crosshairs, uh, of somebody there at the diocese, right. And how, how that came about. So thank you. Sure. The, uh, I'll just take this from the historical perspective. The, the school was started by concerned parents that just couldn't find, an authentic and orthodox Catholic option for educating their children in the faith. And so as, as most Alaskans do, if they, they can't find it or it's not here, they, they, they're hard scrabble and they put something together and do it themselves. Mm. And so that started in 87 and uh, we've been, we've been chugging along ever since. That's beautiful. And, and I believe you have um, about 160 uh, students. Does that sound right? Yep. 162. That's right. Okay, good. And and how many families is that involved, uh, Mark? Yeah, about ninety five families form mm. uh, this community overall. Okay. As far as the curriculum itself, can you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure, be happy to. So um, we are very much focused on the greatest ideas, the greatest ideals that human beings have served across time. Mm. 
say all the time here that at Holy Rosary Academy, Jesus Christ is the center of our curriculum because of that classical Catholic balance and connection, right? So the ancient thinkers like Aristotle and Plato, they are writing a great deal. They're focused a great deal on virtue, right? What will make me truly happy? What are the kinds of things that will lead to my flourishing and the flourishing of the whole community? The trouble, of course, is uh, they don't always, all the, the, the ancient worthies don't always agree on virtue or what it is or which virtues to focus on. But Jesus is virtue incarnate. Right. So with the coming of Christ, there's a living model of virtue. And this is why uh, we're so convinced that what we're doing is right, because it brings together the best of uh, what came before Christ, uh, including kind of on the Old Testament side, as well as kind of the the great thinkers of Greece and Rome, uh, but then leads us forward, right, points us forward to our own humanity and how we need to grow uh, and, and go in following him. Yeah, and answers those those tough questions. I think, you know, I, I do and we do at the John Paul II Renewal Center a lot of high school retreats. And yes. there's so much confusion there. Just those basic questions that you're alluding yes. to, right? Who am I? Who am What's I? the meaning and purpose of life? Huh? Right. And what has God created me to be? Mm. Yes. Exactly. Yes. This curriculum is designed to help students uh, kind of pull at uh, those questions and get some answers for themselves. And it's rooted uh, in a real focus on the great classics of the Western intellectual tradition, the Catholic intellectual tradition. Um, And they've got it benefits kids, not just sort of, um, you know, uh, thinking in their spiritual life, but in terms of preparation for this life as well. The students who study classical language will do 12 to 15 percentage points better in a standardized test because classical languages are more difficult. That are expanding, expanding their thinking capacity. But we like to say we're preparing students for life in this world and life of the world to come, right? That's yeah. That. Yeah. I always think eternity is not tomorrow, right? Eternity means forever. And we're, we're already right. stepped in it, didn't we? Um, yeah. It's, it's very disappointing when you think about where the Catholic leaders are going to come from going forward. Uh, you know, the, the, our faith, and this is just, you know, my observation, as I'm not taking words out of or putting them in your mouths, of course. Uh, but our faith has been watered down in so many areas, and we're looking for those future leaders. And, and I look to a school like yours to bring those future leaders through, those future thinkers. And this is what really bothers me. And so I, I don't want to read more into this than, than you want to divulge. And I know we have to be a little sensitive to feelings and to relationships. I, I'm the chairman of a diocesan parish council, and I, and I meet with the bishop and the staff. And you know, it, there's a lot of things going on. So with that said, um, we f- you find yourself here um, without even being able to really, they, he, he's halted this, the, even the sacraments being allowed from my understanding. Am I, am I correct in, in stating that? That is correct. And it, that's, I think, really distressing and unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Because it's um, the case, there are many classical Catholic schools across the country that don't have the official recognition from the bishop, the local ordinary, but are allowed to have sacraments on campus. And, and um, yeah. you know, un- generally, under canon law, if you've got a privilege, you don't, that's not removed unless there's some specific cause. So I think the the distressing and sad thing for us is that, that they're just parts of this we don't understand, mm. and we haven't been able to get answers that don't conflict. And so um, it's, it's very disappointing. And it's, I, I'll say, too, it's particularly disappointing when the Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis, is trying to do so much to roll back clericalism. And so here we've got a situation where um, we, we we're being punished 
uh, having done a very good job uh, mm -hmm. educationally in terms of formation of students, um, and basically by saying to some clerics, we want to maintain our independence. We don't want a clerical takeover, uh, an archdiocese and take over the school. And so it's, a, it's very odd in the midst of um, calls for synodality and looking at uh, answers that are non-clerical. It's very strange, you know. Yeah, what what prompted all of this? You, uh, you know, was there was there a point? Was there something specific that came up? Um, I, I know that the the uh, diocese has changed, right, to include uh, Juno, I think now, and right. a new. This is a new bishop that came in, I believe, right. and so he just came in with his own ideas, or, or was, there, was there something else that? Uh, that started all this? Well, you know, one of the things, because we haven't been able to get answers that don't conflict or contradict, mm. you're just left to speculation. You know, we've asked mm. a lot of questions and basically, you know, we, we haven't gotten clear answers. So we're just, we're left with speculation. My own sense of things kind of personally here is I think it's just an unfortunate situation. I think um, this archbishop is relatively new at the craft and task. And I think there's some people in the, his chancery that have an agenda, and I think um, they, they've kind of uh, taken him along for the ride, and I think, unfortunately, kind of embarrassed him you know, publicly, and mm. it's unfortunate that that's the case. But that's, that's what I'm left with kind of as an impression. And I also say, too, one of the things that strikes me as odd, and I'm new to Alaska, I'm new to the school, mm. I've just been here since late July, but it strikes me as very interesting that none of the key players here, Father Travers is the, the vicar general and the canon lawyer, and I think the archbishop leans heavily to him. Uh, now that he knew the archbishop has ever celebrated uh, a mass here, they have not uh, spent time in our classrooms getting to know us. They've not talked to us about our faculty and what they believe or what they teach or any of our parents about what's important to them. And yet they've made decisions about our, our Catholicity without those conversations and without those questions. And so that's deeply distressing uh, and puzzling. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In terms of the actual precipitation of the thing, though, we going back um, into April, we received a letter saying, look, there are these nine things that if you want to call yourself Catholic, you must do. But they were all business and legal decisions. There were, there were no, nothing there. There was no things in that list uh, about what we taught or any issues with anything mm -hmm. we've been doing. And we've been, we're doing now what we've been doing since we, you know, flourishing since 1987 and, uh, you know, keeping on in the faith. So. Yeah, see, this this is really uh, disheartening, and we're seeing this over and over again. And so many, and I am again. These are my words. I see this over and over as I go out and speak. I've, I just got back from Ohio. I was just in Denver, Colorado, speaking, and you see these. Um, and again, these are my words. I, I want to be careful here with with you and your sensitive situation here. I think because hopefully you can reconcile this at some point uh, going forward. But but the, there's this vagueness. There's this opaque kind of area that that so many institutions so many churches so many parishes are, are taken into and and it's really sad you know i would think again if uh, if if i was in the diocese there that i would do exactly uh what you alluded to i would be in there meeting the students meeting the teachers uh saying hello to them sacrifice you know uh, uh celebrating the the sacraments there and it's just excited that i have an institution uh, of your caliber in my diocese. And, and I just, I, I don't get it. Uh, is there any, is there anything else we're missing here? I, I could say a lot of things here that I've seen in the past and, and including um, when I'm meeting with various dioceses, you know, the, the uh, financial uh, abuses, the sexual abuses, all of these things that they could worry about. And they're going to rip 
you know, they're going to come after Holy Rosary Academy. And I, 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 some, I'm missing something. I, there's, there's something in the ear here that doesn't seem right to me, you know, and that's why I wanted to get a hold of you. I, um, I, I just, I want to stand up for these things. I just want to say, hey, you know, we need institutions like you. No, I think you've got your thumb on it. It's a, an interesting thing. The phrase I have used trying to kind of uh, puzzle through some of this myself has been, uh, you know, I, what I think, what I would think if I were the, the archbishop or in the chancellor is of all the real problems I have mm-hmm. to address, mm-hmm. um, giving grief to a place like Holy Rosary, where there's so much <laughs> yeah. vibrancy, there's so much beauty, there's so much fidelity, there's so much goodwill, there's so many, been so many repeated invitations um, to come and get to know us, uh, not accepted. Um, that it's just, it, that's part of the puzzle and the pain of the whole situation. Yeah. And, and I keep hearing, you know, uh, you know, coming down all the way from the Vatican, you know, get the smell of the sheep on you. And, and I don't see it. I, I, I've, I've talked about this a number of time on podcasts and written about this. I, I, you know, I hear the words, but I don't see the, the action. I see so much brokenness with students, with young people. You're giving them a chance again, to know, understand who they are, to answer those big questions in life. There is so much sexual confusion and addiction in the world, and most of that comes from trying to fill our infinite desires of our hearts with finite things and, 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 yes. and material world. And you're giving them what we try to do at the John Paul II Renewal Center. I call yes. it, uh, Mark and Sam, the violence of the lie when, when students are given choices, but not all of the choices. That's correct. And you're providing them that whole picture. Now I have a choice. Yes. Right? Now I can choose good from evil because I'm not just given a choice of a couple evil things. You brought some light into my life. Yes. This is huge. And so part of classical education, sometimes called liberal arts education, right? Mm. Libertas, that freeing, right? But you're yeah. not free if you don't see all the choices and you're not free if you're not shown possibilities that will help you to become a better person, right? Yeah. So how about the students? How how are they taking this? Are they they must be aware that something's going on? It's probably talked about in their homes. Yeah, uh, you probably have a pretty tight relationship with parents and students and things there. How are they taking this? Because you know, with all of the, I, I really worry about them because uh, I I don't want them to lose hope in the church itself. You know, right. we know the church is going to survive. Unfortunately, I see too many families. Um, that are walking away from the church and 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 walking away from the sacraments because they see the abuses in the church. They see this overreach, right? Just like I think is happening here. This is a this is an overreach. I just I, I hope they're not losing hope. And and uh, how do you handle how how do you handle it with the kids? Sure, sure. Well, you know, it was very important to us to make sure that everything we did uh, had a great deal of input uh, from the community. So our our board is made up of parents. Um, I I have all my children enrolled here. So there's a very Mm. uh, tight community of families here. I had evidence of that over the weekend. So when when the bus uh, uh, died, I had 15 kids on the bus. And we, uh, we, as I like to say, it turned Dunkirk into a verb. We Dunkirk them out there uh, in about 12 minutes, which was a beautiful thing, but it's a testimony to how tight this community is. Yes. So it looked like uh, we couldn't, we really tried as a board several times to write to the archbishop and say, um, hey, we're looking at your list and we understand it's your call to decide uh, the Catholic identity of this. 
There's some things in your list that we've always agreed to. There's some things that we can uh, talk about with you about how far to go. And there's some things here that would be really kind of a problem. In faithful dialogue, we'd like to, to do that. So we sent an MOU. We sent a letter. We indicated our willingness to continue the conversation. And we got some very curt responses like, you know, your job is to agree and, and mm-hmm. or not, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, from, from my standpoint, and all of this, what, what's been so interesting is, as we've experienced that, which is a puzzle, we've shared that with our families, right? And said, here's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and for months, we've been very open and inviting and asking the bishop and Father Travers, his vicar general, to come here and talk to us and get to know us. And that's all been declined. And so here's where we are. We had two town hall meetings. Uh, I have made myself available by phone call, in person, whatever else. Sam has done likewise. I, we've not lost a single family. Mm-hmm. At this point, we have a GoFundMe out there to uh, raise money for new transportation so we can bus our students to the sacraments. And uh, that's that's growing and going very, very well. There's been a huge amount of support. And I, I can't tell you the number of families who have pulled me aside when I'm greeting kids in the morning or getting ready for an activity on campus related to PE or whatever else. Dr. Newcomb, God love you. God love the board. Thank you all for standing firm and ensuring that the rich benefits of this kind of education are available to our kids going forward. Because had the archdiocese taken the school over, we're not sure what would have happened. But we we do know you, and we know what you all stand for, and we trust you and, and bless you. So they've been heartened, I think disappointed, sad, and like like all of us, just kind of puzzled because mm. we, we haven't had any justification given to us about why the sacraments have to be removed. And one suspects that it's it's not defensible, and that's why we're not hearing a defense of that decision. And it's just very unfortunate. But I think, so I think they're sad. I think they're puzzled, um, but they're resolved. And it's a beautiful thing to, to see people who are hurt that they can't get straight answers from, from their bishop, but are still willing to stand and say, we're here and we're faithful. And so it's your call to say whether or not we're Catholic. We'll honor that. That's that's we're totally obedient. That we'll take that out of our materials. Um, but uh, we ask again: can talk with us about the sacrament piece? Like what's possible here? Um, and uh, yeah, so that so, that's so. Kind of what, what does that mean to you, Doctor Newcomb? When when you have to bus students, I mean, to the sacraments? How far away is that? What what, what does that mean to you on a on just a, a logistical standpoint? Sure, on a practical level. So, you know, I've got, uh, we've got a couple of, of older buses. They will uh, can uh, move about 13 students per van load on 162 students at several mm-hmm. trips, right? So one of the near places that we could go would be, oh, about a 10-minute drive uh, for things. And so it does add a, a huge kind of logistical change uh, around all of this. But, and and the thing is, just, just as with the Catholic identity piece, that's the bishop's call. I think if all of us had a better sense of what, specific thing that we are believed to have done differently, uh, we'd like to talk about that. You know, yeah. we're, we're very open to conversation about that, but there just hasn't been anything indicated to us. And so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of extra work. And it, so it means then, uh, as I say, Dunkirking again is a verb, mm. right? Families yeah. convoying <laughs> together to get the kids there and back. And we'll do that. And that's the kind of community we are, if that's what it, what it comes to. But it's just terribly unfortunate not to have Jesus present with us right here on campus as he has been since, you know, since we, we well, at least for 25 years or so. so. Yeah. You know, I, I, from an encouragement standpoint, I would just, uh, it, it, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but we, we are under a battle right now. I mean, th- there's a battle uh, within the secular um, world we know, uh, globally and in our country, and of, of course, within the church itself. 
You know, St. Lucia of Fatima said that, you know, the last great battle between our Lord and Satan is going to be over marriage and the families. And, and we're really seeing that at a granular level, right? In the, in the uh, public schools and the secular yeah. schools, we're seeing the, the CRTs and, and the 1619 projects and all those kind of things. Yes. So people are turning to schools like you. They're ho- turning to homeschool groups. And if, if we can't support you within the church itself, this is going to be a travesty and I don't want to put, you know, any more, uh, you know, pressure on you. And I hope you can, you can, uh, reconcile somehow. I don't know how, uh, with, with the diocese for you to be stripped of your Catholic, uh, identity. I, that's, that makes me sick. It really, uh, it really hurts. So, so we've only got a couple of minutes left. So how could people reach out to you if they want to? Um, is there a website there? If people want to donate, if people want to support you, um, where would they do that? And of course, well, if you send any, me anything, I can put that in the show notes. Well, fantastic. No, well, Jack, thank you for that. So I've said to everybody, and I've got notes coming now from across the country, if you want to know more about this situation, reach out. And there, there's what I know, uh, there's what I don't understand, and there's what I suspect. I'm happy to talk about any of that uh, with people very candidly, very openly. I mean, on yeah. our side of this, we try to be an open book about here's why we want to stand where we are because we see the success that it has brought for our students, and we don't want to upend that. And we're willing to talk about anything that anybody in the hierarchy thinks we need to be doing uh, for things. So that's wide open. So you can write to me here that we have our, our website out there uh, is www.hraak.org. Uh, anybody can log on to see our website and our GoFundMe link is, uh, we had some fun with the title. It's called Mass Transit. Uh, it's out there online with the GoFundMe charity. I can send you that link. But yeah, send, it, send, send me anything that you yeah. think might be helpful and I'll get yes, it in sir. the show notes. So people sure. have access to all that, uh, Dr. Okay. Newcomb. Sam, Sam Wolf, uh, how about the parents? Are you holding up? Are, are, are you keeping the, the hope, brother, and keeping the faith? No, absolutely. We, we've got a lot of uh, examples in history of this, right? And so yeah, it's, uh, they may have taken Jesus away, but they gave us a cross. And what do we do with the cross, right? We yeah. bear it gladly. We're, we're happy warriors. And, and it's just been an opportunity to share with our stu- our, my kids, just speaking personally, um, just a frank conversation that sometimes this happens. And, and we move forward with what we have, right? Constraints breeds creativity. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's, um, there's always a silver lining. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for your, your faith. Any last words, uh, Dr. Newcomb, before I, I, I let you go? Just please keep us in your prayers. Yes. And uh, anybody that, that wants to know more information, we're here and we'll share with you everything we can. Okay. In the meantime, uh, get that out to me. I'll get it in the show notes. We'll try to get that into a newsletter and, uh, and hopefully we could drum up some, uh, some support for, for a bus at least, right? Yes, so, please. Hey. That would be marvelous. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And if there's any, any, uh, any new information, if you could uh, contact us, we'd love to share that. And thanks to everyone that joined us today. Hey, please remember to push this podcast out. We want to try to get as much uh, awareness of this issue and also uh, financial support if we can. Uh, a couple ways to do that. There'll be a GoFundMe link in there, uh, right to Holy Rosary Academy. Also, their website, go on there. The the, uh, the correspondence between the bishop and the school is there. Plus, just look at the institution. It's really something what they're doing there. Uh, second way to donate is just write it to the John Paul II Renewal Center. 
put Holy Rosary Academy in the notes, and we'll uh, we'll we'll put those all together, and we'll send that out to them sometime next month. Uh, if you do make a donation on the GoFundMe page, uh, email me. Will you just let me know? And next time I talk to them, I'll I'll let them know that we had a number of supporters uh, out there uh, pushing for them. Hey, God bless you. Keep us in your prayers. Keep Holy Rosary Academy in your prayers, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you.